Welcome to The Liberated Life. Get ready to free your mind, body, and spirit in business and pleasure. Now here's your host, Robin Quinn Keen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of The Liberated Life. Today, I'm very excited to have my friend with me. Serena Curran is the founder of Wealth by Soul Design, and we've only known each other a little while, but right away when we had our first conversation, we went, oh, we have lots to talk about. We're very aligned and up to similar things with people. Serena guides spiritual entrepreneurs, visionaries, and change makers to scale their businesses, open their money flow. I think that's the great fun part that we're going to talk about today and create the impact they desire without sacrificing their well-being or their freedom. With over 25 years of global experience, Serena is a spiritual business mentor, a teacher, a healer, and a Kashuk record detective. I love that, Serena. And I also read in your bio that you have been a nomad, a digital nomad before (laughs) even before that was even a thing that people talked about. So I can't wait to dig in with you and talk about some of these really cool things that you do with people. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Robin. And it's so true. We have so much in common and uh, and part of it being that uh, the idea of maintaining your freedom or having freedom to make choices that are really right for you is a, is a really important part of both of our work. Absolutely. And I'm wondering, Serena, just to get things going, what is the money flow that you're talking about? And how do we actually turn on our money flow? I think that's going to be something where everyone's leaning in going, wait, what is this? Uh, (laughs) Maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us what you think is important that our listeners should know before we really get going. But I think that's going to be a hot topic. How does that fit in and what does our soul have to do with it? There's so much I'm curious about. Yeah, there's so much here to talk about too. And let me just say what the Akashic records are for those who've never heard of them. They're actually soul records of your soul. It's like a blueprint of your soul. You know, everything has a blueprint, your tables, chairs, the world, everything has a blueprint. And so your soul has a blueprint and it we're able to access that. So I do access people's souls records and look and see what's in the blueprint. And it can tell me what kinds of gifts that they have and what what their soul origination is. Many, many, a lot of different things about their soul. And of course, in my world, you're here to express your soul. Your soul is in your, your body is your vehicle for your soul. And you're here to express your soul. And your true freedom comes from expressing your soul fully. And so one of the other things I do is I look at people's records and see what is interfering because we, uh, there's things that have happened over time that have created interferences that keep you from expressing your soul and to remove them. And that puts people's lives on a new trajectory. So it's all about, and this is connected to the flow of money in that when you are actually aligned with your soul or when you're expressing your soul, you're in where the flow of money is. And so that's the easy way to get money to flow is to really align with who you are at soul level and to express it. Uh, okay, great. So there's much more to talk about just than turning on the money flow. Although, <laughs> right? There's so yeah. much. And, yes. In fact, I think of it like this. It's, um, it's like you, you have a, um, a plant that you want to grow. You want to, let's say the plant is like an, uh, a, is the flow of money. Let's is it, use it as a metaphor. And so you have this soil that you need to put the plant in and you need to put nutrients into the soil and and um, the right seeds into the soil so that this plant can blossom 
to its fullest extent. It might not be able to blossom to its fullest extent if you don't create this environment. So besides aligning with the soul, there are certain other qualities that you, or certain other tools that we have available that allow us to create that environment that allows the money to, to grow and flow. And that's one of the things I teach is this, this methodology for being able to make that environment correct for the flow of money to, to happen. It's so interesting. And I know I shared with you that I knew nothing about Akashic Records until about six years ago when I ran into a woman named Kim Page at an event in Scottsdale. And she told me that she did that. I had I had no clue. I was like, what are you talking about? But then she went and looked at records for me on my behalf and told me two things that were 100% true about this person I had asked about. And I was like, what is this? This is fascinating. So can you say a little bit more about that, Serena, about Akashic Records? So you're saying that each of us comes here to earth in a body in a vehicle so that we can express our soul. So is that our soul purpose? Is that our soul direction? What is, what does that mean exactly? Well, as I said, when I look at someone's soul records, I do it. Uh, there's many people that uh, go in the Kashuk records and do readings. I do it in a specific way so that when I get done, I can actually tell you exactly what your gifts are and how you, and actually tell you how you can best use them in business as well. And so in my point of view, there's a lot of people going around. I want to know what my purpose is. What's my purpose? I can't find my purpose. And I'm like, a soul did not come here to look for your purpose like a needle in a haystack. Your soul came here to be expressed. And so once you know your soul gifts, you know what you're here to express. And then you can choose to do it in any way you want because we live in a free will zone. So there's no, nobody has a very few people. There's a couple of people maybe that have a specific purpose, but most of us, have or don't have a specific purpose we have gifts that we're here to express for example if you're a communicator which i'm sure both of us are um you're here to to speak the truth speak speak your speak your speak out to be a writer to be a, a speaker to be a teacher um and so how you want to do that or what way what what avenue you want to choose for that is really up to you does that clarify a little bit for you Yes. And I, this is something that I used to struggle with uh, when I sold my music and dance studio, which to me, to that point, raising four children and creating this community in this very small place that I live um, where there really wasn't anything for children that felt like it was completely what I was supposed to be doing. We moved here. And within a week, I was like, what's up here? Like there aren't even baby swings. Let's make this, let's change this community. And the second piece was there's nothing, and it's not entirely true, but I couldn't find much at all for children in this community. It's more around the retirees. And so I knew, I was like, I'm going to open a performing arts center someday. And so I did, you know, very quickly, way more quickly than I ever imagined. It happened, just fell into my lap and then it just blossomed. It was really awesome. But then I sold it. And then I was like, oh, well, I've done my purpose. Like that was my purpose. Now, what am I supposed to do? And I took all kinds of classes, read all kinds of books, listened to different speakers about finding your purpose, because I felt like I had completed something and then I felt a little bit lost. 
So I love what you're saying. And, and my spin on that, Serena, just to tell you what I finally arrived at, because I'm kind of leaving people wondering, like, well, so what that what what happened? What I for myself discovered is that I might have a purpose. It's like a thread that's run through my life. I can see it over and over again, like connecting people. For me, that's one of the things I'm really good at building communities. But then my mission is it could be a million different ways of achieving that thing of creating communities. I can create a brick and mortar business and build a community, but I can also do the same thing when I was in high school through being class president and putting together different groups and different activities. And I can do that now online. So I think that's similar to what you are saying is we have things that we're meant to do and gifts that we're given, but the way we do it could be a million different ways. It's not one way. That's what you're saying. Exactly. That's a wonderful example of it that, you know, that you could see that connect making community is a part of what you're here to do. It'd be fun to look in your records and see what it shows in there. But um, making community is part of what you're doing. And just as you said, how you go about do that aware is up to you. And you wound up in a situation, you were put in a situation or you landed in a situation, we can say either way, where you looked out and you went, oh, this is what's needed here. I can build community around that. And that's what I did. And so, yeah, I, I, and I, again, so many people waste a lot of time, energy and money spinning their wheels saying, what's my purpose. And when you can just stop and look at what are your gifts and those are what you're, that's what you're here to express and how you do it. The the sky's the limit. As you said, there's millions of different possibilities. I, and I love that so much. People come to me and they say, I've got to do this thing. I've got to do it like this question it. I always question them. Like, why does it have to be that way? There are a million ways that it could be done. And our limited, our thinking can become so limited. Like it must be like this. And yet there, it, it could be like any other way. So that's something we chatted about briefly too, which is not just knowing your purpose, but But then all these opportunities that are always coming in, there are so many endless opportunities. And I had a dear friend and he was my boss for quite a long time, or I can say I worked with him because it was more like (laughs) co-conspirators, like having a boss. But he said to me once in his office many years ago, we were talking about opportunities because there were so many. And he said, that's right. There will be endless opportunities. Wisdom is knowing which one is for you. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to me a little bit about that? What is the piece around knowing your soul and your gifts and being able then to screen for like, what is the next best thing for me? Is this aligned or is this not aligned? Well, lots of times it's it's very simple. If it's not joyful, it's certainly not aligned. So if, so if it's something you think you have to do or must do or should do, those are, those are warning signs right there. There's no have to, should, or must uh, do anything. You are, this is, we, are, we have freedom. We have freedom to choose. And so right away, if you've got that going on, there's a, that's a red light that that's not correct. But of course, you know, it's about also feeling it in your body and, and paying attention to your own feelings and, and, and intentionally noticing, you know, like, cause your body will tell you if something, if it, if it doesn't like something, it'll pull back. It'll, it'll give you a signal if you really tune into it. So it can be also learning to be aware and pay attention to what you're 
you're, you're actually getting signals telling you which way to go or listening to your intuition. And these are things that you can nurture and develop. And one of the ways you nurture and develop your intuition is to ask simple questions like, uh, you know, should I have tea or coffee this morning? And whatever answer you get, follow it. The idea being the more that you trust and learn to trust on the small things, then you'll get more comfortable with listening to your intuition on bigger things. And maybe that wasn't a good example, but some choice you have to make or, or you need to make that's small and that you can verify somehow later that, oh yeah, that was the right choice for me, um, can be very helpful in allowing you to develop your intuition. And of course, this is part of what I teach in my courses too. That piece around intuition has been very interesting. It's been quite a journey for me because I have, I've had so many people say, oh, you're an empath and you have such strong intuition. And uh, six years ago, I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. Because when I grew up, that was not an, anything that was acknowledged or encouraged in my family. My mom, wonderful woman, but her, and I shouldn't say, but, and my mom believe that anything outside of her definition of Christianity and the Bible, like anything that didn't fit inside that context for her was not safe. And so even as a little girl, I would notice things and I'd point things out and she'd say, oh, no, no, you know, we don't, we don't do that. We don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. You have a vivid imagination. So over the years, and I understand my mom was keeping me safe, but over the years, I really thought that I was doing something wrong by listening to that inner voice. And that has definitely gotten me in some interesting predicaments because I didn't listen. But I'll tell you, Serena, I started doing a ton of personal development, especially about five or six, I think six years ago. And I realized I'd been shutting down something that actually was very much there for me on my behalf not something external that was scary, but it was just my own knowing. And, yeah. I, and I love being connected to that. I had a weird situation the other day where I'll just explain it. I can do it fast. If you're all listening, thinking, is she going into a big story? But basically I got an email from PayPal saying this bill was due and I don't, I didn't have a bill. It was from a company I didn't recognize. And so I went into PayPal, I clicked on the invoice at the bottom. It said, if you want to cancel this, call us. So I called the number. Well, it wasn't PayPal, even though they said they were PayPal. And it was somebody trying to hijack my computer, basically, end of the, end of the day. And you know what? I got this feeling. It made so much sense. It was all very logical. It was like, well, we're going to take this step and this step so this doesn't happen again. And I went, hold on. In my body, I felt this like, stop. <laughs> kind of like building little scream of you need to stop now. And I said, you know, I'm really not comfortable with this and I'm not going to take the next step. And I hung up mm -hmm. and, and then I called the real PayPal number, right? Like I went in and found their customer and their customer service line. And they said, no, that wasn't us. So it's yeah. just even practical stuff like that, just being willing to acknowledge that and know that that's there and that it's actually trustworthy. But it, it's not something you know right away. And you might even believe that you shouldn't be, that that's somehow outside of you, like something external that is gonna steer you in the wrong direction. 
Yeah, well, beliefs can be a really problem. They Anytime beliefs give you a limitation, that's a clue right away that that belief isn't really a, a correct because those limitations, we don't need to put limitations on ourselves by creating beliefs. Beliefs are chosen. They're, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not written in stone somewhere and you have to follow them, they're chosen. And so when you have a belief that's limiting you, you know right away that's something you really need to look at and just and discover how how you can shift that belief into something that's more open and free. Mm-hmm. Because that's really the, the right way to go. And you describe a really great thing, you know, sometimes what feels you can feel in your body a heaviness, uh, you know, like a sinkingness of that this is just really not right. And it's really important to listen when you when you hear that. So it's about being aware. It's about listening. It's about creating safety for yourself. That's one of the first things I teach is that, you know, a lot of times we don't feel safe and when you don't feel safe, you're making, if you're making decisions out of fear, you're making bad decisions. You're, you're automatically making bad decisions because you can't really tune in. You can't really hear what's possible for you. Can't feel or sense when you're afraid. So the first thing always is to create safety for yourself, however that looks. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. Yeah, I'm really fascinated by that creating safety. I read that in something that you had sent to me, and I think we've talked about it too, but that's a very interesting concept. So can you give me an example of how to create safety? Um, Do I need to know these details about my soul in order to create safety or what does that look like no you don't need to know the details about your soul to create safety um, it can be a lot of different things but a simple way for example a lot of times when we get fearful what we allow is is our energy to lift out of our bodies now you might not be able to sense that but here's what happens when you do that you get confused you feel ad, you feel uh, irritable. You don't feel quite right. Um, you might be spinning, and your the thoughts can be spinning in your head. You just don't feel good when you're when you're out of your body. So a very simple thing is to bring that energy down back into your body, and that's to go outside and connect with the earth and to feel the support of the earth under your feet. That's called grounding. Uh, or making you know, but that does make a difference in your feeling of safety because of that. that tendency we have to go out of our bodies. So it's really about awareness and connecting to your environment that can help you with that. And it's also can be because we talk about emotions and feelings. And I also teach about this is that, that, you know, not only are emotions and feelings, they're, they're guides and they're guardians. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, if you're, if, if a feeling isn't, if it's not feeling safe, then it can be a time to sit down and say, what's going on here? And maybe journaling about what, what am I thinking or what am I believing that's making me feel unsafe? Because as you mentioned earlier, you were taught a, a belief that said, if you did certain things, you were not going to be safe. So it can be that it's a belief that's creating it. So it's sometimes you have to go a little bit deeper, but you know, a quick way of helping yourself feel safe was just really to connect with the earth and to feel your yourself connected to the earth and to the environment around you and to your breath. Well, very interesting that you say that because I know for me, that's 100% true. I've noticed, especially over the past couple of years with the pandemic and all of the everything, mm-hmm. everything, yeah. there are so many invitations into fearful thinking. Um, Absolutely. Well-meaning, well-meaning, beloved people will send me videos that are inflammatory, even the language on the, you know, the top of the video. And I had to say to a few people, you can send it, but I won't, I won't consume it because it 
even the title incites a feeling of anxiety for me. So, you know, basically, please don't. But if you do, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to engage with it. But I've noticed for me over the past two years, the way for me to come back into from to to release the fear and to come back into a place of feeling safe and grounded is literally either if it's pouring rain, because I live in a rainy place. Sometimes if I'm if it's pouring rain, I will just look out into the trees and observe nature. I will observe the birds. I will look at the trees. I will look at the the landscape and go, nothing's changed here. This is all the same. Nature is doing nature. The birds are singing, the trees are growing and all that. But if it's not raining, I will go outside. And then sometimes I will take off my shoes or sandals and just like stand in the grass and go, you know what? You're safe. You're fine. Nothing here has anything to do with that stuff that's coming in. Like just be okay where you are. Yeah. Well, of course, we're living in a society where we're being invited constantly to be in fear. And of course, when you're in fear, you're easily controlled just as a as an FYI. Yes. So that's not a place you want to be. You notice when you're fearful, you're either in the past remembering something that happened or you're in the future. You're creating some scenario in the future. And there's a couple of problems with that. One is, you know, you're out of when you're not in the present moment, you can't really make decisions, you can't really do anything, you're lost in this future. And the other part of it is you're making up stories about what's going to happen in the future. And this is what the news does constantly. I, it's not reporting what already happened. It is reporting what might happen or could happen. And so we get lost in these possibilities and we get to, and sometimes people get worrying about them. And now you've wasted and all this energy worrying about something that in the end may not happen. And when it doesn't happen, you definitely have wasted your energy worrying about it. So being uh, remembering to stay in the present moment is another way to deal with fear and to notice that if you're fearful, are you making up stories about what's going to happen in the future? Right. And those are not truthful because we can make up any story we want. And there's been, there's many movies about that, mm -hmm. just where some three people see the same scenario and they come back with three different stories about what happened. So since we're making up stories about the future, please make up a story that supports you and empowers you. Do not make up stories that make you fearful. hundred percent. And the other little tidbit I'll add on to that is that what happens in our brain when we make up these stories is our brain actually can't differentiate reality from fiction. And so it believes us. And so I had someone a few years ago, a simply music piano teacher that I was coaching who needed to have an important conversation with some a family, some students, and she, it was not going to be an easy conversation. And she rehearsed it, but she rehearsed it to the point that it became real for her because she imagined then their reaction as a negative one to this conversation she needed to have. So by the time she was ready to have the conversation, she was a wreck. She was emotional and she was sad. And I was like, wait, it, wait, it hasn't happened yet. Like the forecasting of the negative future now is having an impact on your functioning in the present moment because her brain believed it had happened. So it's so critical that we're aware of what's happening internally when we forecast. It right. Is, and it's, it's important from another point of view too. So let me go back to the Akashic records. This, this, these are the records of what has happened to you and what's happened to your soul. So everything that's happened to you is in there. 
So in this present moment, by the thoughts, the feelings, the beliefs, the ideas, the stories you're telling, you are creating your actual future because what you're putting in the records today is going to be what is the blueprint for the future. So sitting around and telling a story that with an ending that's not what you want is helping that future to be realized as opposed to sitting and telling a story about how your future is going to work out beautifully and magically and everything's going to fall into place. That's the energy you're putting in there as long as you believe that. You can't make up stories and not believe them. There has to be belief and energetics behind it. This is why your emotions are very important and, and processing is very important. So this, this is, again, I teach this in my, my upcoming course, this whole, uh, this methodology that is uh, five elements are part of it or five ingredients to creating that soil for, for what you're, for growing the future that you want and your flow of money. I love this conversation. And Our thoughts are so important and they're so powerful. And I think a lot of times we discount that we don't realize it or we don't, we don't, yeah, we're not even aware of what we're setting up for ourselves, but I do see people. It's very interesting. You mentioned this, you can put three people or five people or two people in an experience and have completely different stories about that experience. I witnessed this recently on a trip and I was like, we just saw the same thing happen and we tell entirely different stories about it. Fascinating. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of laughing. I'm kind of like, wow, I did not see that at all. I saw the positive. My friend saw the negative. And I just think that's very interesting. And it's not good or bad. It's just, we really do. You mentioned Serena, we have a choice in all of this. We get to believe what we want to believe. We get to think what we want to think. Why not think the the good stuff? Why not believe the happy stuff? Sure. Somebody might call you a Pollyanna. If you're always believing the happy stuff, I had somebody get like, not mad at me, but I, always look for the upside. I just do. That's my nature. And my friend said, I don't like the upside. I said, your choice, right? Yeah. You don't have to like the upside. I do. Yeah. Well, there's there's, you know, it's really, it's kind of complicated in a way because it can be beliefs, but it also can be that they have things in their soul records that are creating that point of view, by the way, um, that need to be removed. And that's again, the work, part of the work I do, but also I want to just go back on the thoughts because sometimes the this, uh, these ideas, there's a lot of ideas in the manifesting community that, you know, your thoughts create and yes, they do, but they only create every, we have thousands of thoughts every minute. So, you know, people that start going like, I can't have any negative thoughts and blah, blah, blah. That's not true. Um, because what, what really matters is the prevalent thoughts or the beliefs that frame it. Those, those are making energetic imprints the random thoughts or the random things are not. And we live in an environment where there's a lot of, I mean, there's children just been killed. This is very sad and very, and if I touch into that, I, I'm going to cry. So it's not like there aren't things in the world that need to be addressed, but that's a symptom of a problem that we need to address. It is not, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an attention getter. It's a universe saying, again, pay attention, pay attention. Something needs to be done here. And whether we do or not as a, as a society is partly about how each one of us holds our own energy. I didn't mean to get political if that was what that no, was. No, 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 no. It's the reality of what's happening. It mm-hmm. is. And on my 
a podcast from a week ago, early June, we, I talked with Elizabeth Bennett, who is a, a coach who works with parents. She was a principal for years and she works with parents of teens on courageous conversations. So this certainly came up because there's it's relevant and this is what's happening right now. So absolutely fine to talk about it. Well, Serena, this has been a really great conversation. I know you and I could talk for hours about these things. It's just so fascinating, right? These concepts, the soul records, the Akashic records, being able to look at that, having gifts and, and a purpose, but multiple ways of being on point with that. I'm using those things to screen a little bit more, knowing, listening to our intuition and building that and developing that. So I know that this is your area of expertise, and I believe you have something special coming up. Would you like to tell our audience about that? Sure, I would. I'd love to. I've got a webinar coming up, well, a masterclass, really. And the masterclass is how to overcome hidden barriers to increasing the flow of money. And so this addresses, uh, uh, we're going to talk about these five elements that I've mentioned bits and pieces of here today and focus in on one of them to help people to open the flow of money. And uh, I'm very excited about offering this webinar or this masterclass. And um, there'll be a link for that down below in the, in the notes. And uh, you can always reach me at serena at serenacurran.com as well if you want to send me a message or connect with me. I am on Facebook as well. Wonderful. Well, this has been a really lovely conversation, Serena. Thank you so much for being here today. And if you're listening, you know, everything's in the show notes. And I would really encourage you if you're curious about this to attend Serena's masterclass that's coming up here soon. If you're listening and it's not June of 2022, you can still go and I think probably listen to the masterclass at a later date, Serena, or you can connect with Serena elsewhere and find out what she's currently up to if you're catching this at a later time. So thank you so much, Serena. It's great having you here today. Oh, thank you, Robin. It was a delight. I just, you're a great conversationalist and I can see how easily you, you build community beautifully. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode and we'll see you again soon on The Liberated Life. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also get more great information at quittingculture.com.